Episode one of Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations. Wow, I am so excited that you guys are here with me. My name is April Davenport, and again, this is Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations. I really didn't think this day would come because, yes, I had planned to do the podcast, but I've actually been planning to do it for almost two years now. And so I've been kind of belaboring the point, waiting on something magical to happen in the air. But then last month, God said, what are you waiting on? Get ready to do this. Do it now. And so in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of everything that's happening, here I am putting out my very first podcast and I could not be more excited. So I hope that you have already listened to the trailer and that you've learned a little about me. But this year, this season, this first season, you will actually learn so much about me. And I hope that you will connect with me on social media so that I can actually learn more about you. So again, my name's April Davenport. I am the oldest of two children born to Ray and Kathy Davenport. Um, I'm right here from Atlanta, Georgia, actually from Decatur, Georgia. And I went to the University of Notre Dame, went to the University of Alabama for grad school. Then I've been back here in Atlanta. I am a Southern girl. I'm an Atlanta girl. I love everything about Atlanta, but I also love to travel. So I am a world traveler. Uh, 2020 has actually halted all of those plans. But I'm excited to be here with you guys. I'm excited about all that confessions, convictions, and conversations will hold. So what exactly is confessions, convictions, and conversations? Well, I am actually going to be some confessing some things to you. I'm going to share with you those things that are on my heart, those things that really are my personal convictions. And then I'm going to be having some great conversations with some great, great people. So I want you to tune with me. Stay tuned with me. Don't ever change the channel. Make sure that you subscribe so that you can always be ready to uh, receive the next episode. And then I want you to go on this journey with me because this is actually going to be a personal journey. I hope that we can grow together, that we can learn together, and that on the other side, we can all become better. So this first episode, what are we going to talk about? So if you've already tuned into the graphic, then you know that the title of this episode is I am Celie, Tina Turner, and Esther. And I'm sure you're thinking, what in the world does that mean? Because Celie, Tina Turner, and Esther are all three very, very different people. So let's start with Celie. All right, so The Color Purple is my very favorite book, and Alice Walker is one of my favorite authors. I was so pleased, actually, when I was in graduate school in Alabama that I had the opportunity to meet her. She appeared just as peaceful as her writings, and actually, just like her book, there was something really familiar about her. And people always wonder why I love the book so much, especially my mother. I can honestly say I'm not like any of the characters in the book. I don't relate to their stories. I have not had any similar backgrounds or even tragedies as people in the book kind of think that the book contains. Some believe that I love this book because my favorite color is purple and the title just resonates with me. There could be some truth to that because I really do love the actual color purple. 
But, I re but what I really love about the color purple is the journey that Seeley takes in realizing who God is. The color purple is a beautiful compilation of Seeley's letters. And as an English professor, I am a lover of the written word. As we watch Seeley go from barely being able to read, write, or speak to someone who has mastered the English language, we also see that she too is kind of being changed and transformed into a person who realizes that she is a recipient of the love of God that she has been writing to for the entire novel. I was raised in the church and I was blessed to give my life to Christ at the age of 10. I carved my own path to God, and that path often took me outside of the physical church. God loved me first, but learning to love him has been the best journey of my life. In Celie's last letter, she opens in this fashion. Dear God, dear stars, dear trees, dear sky, dear people, dear everything, dear God. Everything that has been created and that ever will be falls under God's jurisdiction. And Seeley's greeting of, dear everything, dear God, is the perfect way to address the God of everything. Knowing who God is and knowing who I am in God has been the most freeing experience of my life. It has really allowed me to live unapologetically while I respect my family, my friends, my church members, I don't owe them my life. Celie had to learn this all-important fact also. She may have had to learn in a difficult manner, but one of her most celebrated lines signaled when she learned. She says, I may be poor, I'm black, I may be ugly and can't cook, but I'm here. Now, people who know me know that I will never say that I'm ugly, but I do thank God that I'm here. Being here allows me to serve God in a way where I can serve God outside of the church. I love serving homeless people. I love serving children who may need my help tutoring. I love serving whenever the opportunity presents itself. I love serving God within the church. I'm a part of so many different ministries, but I also love being who I am in Christ. And so that allows me to make decisions for my life that other people might not agree with, but I'm definitely okay with that. So what's your journey to God? And where has it taken you? Where has it led you in life? I think it's so important that we all take stock of who we are and that we recognize that we were beautifully and wonderfully made, that we were created to do something great. So that's Celie. Now, let's talk about Tina Turner. Oddly enough, this is another one of my favorite movies and characters who is also nothing like me. I am in love with what's love got to do with it. Every time it comes on is like the very first time for me. And when Tina Turner sings Proud Mary, I am also rolling on the river. During those two hours, my arms and legs are super toned. I have rock hard abs and I am on stage giving whoever is around me a full concert. 
Although I'm really watching Angela Bassett, I imagine what it must have been like to be at a Tina Turner concert. Her music carries so much energy, so much passion, so much love, and so much courage. I was only 12 when this movie hit the box office, so when I was already about six or seven years behind when I saw it for the very first time. Yet and still, the movie seems to be timeless. While I don't have any cross-references to Tina's life, I believe that in the toughest of times, we are given a choice. And that crossroad will make or break us. Tina Turner made a choice, and it was that decision that ended up making her. While her real life decision could not have been easy, it was really the one that saved her life and ended up creating a life that she could have only dreamed of. As we complete our journey that ultimately carves out our relationship to God, I believe we are given the courage to make these life altering decisions. Some people have to walk into a situation. Some people have to walk away from a situation. Some people have to pick others up, and then some people have to put others down. Some people have to hold on as best as they can, and then some people have to let go despite how hard it may be. It takes courage to push through adversity and courage to find peace even when storms are surrounding you. Tina Turner exhibited so much courage through so many points of her life. When her mother left her with her grandmother, when her grandmother died, when she first performed on stage, when she faced Ike Turner at every turn, when she decided to leave Ike, and when she realized that she had enough talent to make it on her own. Sometimes courage works like that. It requires step after step after step. However, when we make one step, God gives us more courage to take the next step. I can look back through my life and recount the times that God gave me the courage to take the next step. I can look at people in my life and look at them and realize how they had the courage to do something different. Both of my parents grew up in a very rural part of Georgia, and they were actually some of the youngest people to integrate the schools in the hometown where they lived. That's a courage. It took courage to be educated in a school where they knew that the teachers and the administrators didn't really care about them. But even more so than that, it took courage for once they were married for them to move to Atlanta to a city that was way bigger than the town where they grew up in. And for them, when they had me and my sister, for them to drill in us the importance of getting an education and the importance of being able to take advantage of opportunities that were afforded in us so that we could go so much further than they had the opportunity to go. That took a lot of courage. So then my sister and I used their courage in order to fuel our courage. What do you need courage to do today? Are you lacking in courage? Or do you feel like you're overflowing with courage? And some days are gonna be different than others. Some days we do wake up and we feel like we have the courage to do anything. And then other days, we're gonna feel like we might not have the courage to do anything. So take stock of your life and realize where you are with courage. So we've talked about Seeley, we've talked about Tina Turner, and you may recognize those popular characters because everybody knows about Seeley and Tina Turner. 
the acclaimed singer, the entertainer, and then obviously the character from The Color Purple. But maybe you paused when you saw the name Esther. No, I'm not talking about Esther from the show Sanford and Sons, which, by the way, I do not like because I just can't get with the show where the person never cleaned up. My aunt and uncle love the show. But anyway, I digress. When I speak of Esther, I'm speaking of the beautiful queen from the Bible days. You know, the one who fasted for three days and nights in order to save her people. Now, finally, I can say to you that Esther is someone that I share similarities with and someone whom I've always admired, even though, of course, I've never known her. When I was a young girl, around the age of nine, I had a devotional, and it contained stories about women of the Bible. I read the story of Esther, and I immediately knew that something had resonated deeply within me, and I felt this deep connection to Esther. And at the age of nine, I told the Lord, that I would keep myself until marriage, because of course the king chose Esther out of all the other virgins. Furthermore, Esther's beauty was more than just outward beauty. She had found favor with the king. She was strengthened in her position and she used her strength to change a nation. What good does it do to find your path to God, to develop courage, if you aren't going to be strong enough to change someone else's life? When Mordecai was in trouble, Esther was willing to risk her life to save his. Her words on seeking the king on Mordecai's behalf, if I perish, I perish. Are you willing to perish to make a monumental impact on someone's life? Are you willing to sacrifice all that you have attained to ensure that someone else's life is changed? Are you working to gain everything that you have just for your benefit? Or are you trying to change a nation? As a professor, an entrepreneur, as a mentor, as a child of God, I have the ability to shape the future of so many lives. I must be strong enough to accept this responsibility. However, I'm also a sister, a cousin, a friend, a confidant. The responsibility is the same in this regard too. Sometimes we think that we must have a lofty title to become armed with the strength to change the world but you have the option to change the world just by changing one life. Think about all the people that you touch every single day. Think about all the people that look up to you in your life. Are you using your strength to change their life? Are you using your strength to actually try to make a difference in this world? What will you do with your strength? So much is happening in our world today. Coronavirus, racism, inequity in healthcare, education, the job industry. There are so many different family dynamics. You need all three of the aforementioned in order to fight God, courage, and strength. Without God, you won't know what battles to fight. Without courage, you won't stand up in the fight. And without strength, you really won't outlast the fight. You might think of what's happening in 2020 as moments, but honestly, these are movements. And sometimes movements gain traction and sometimes they stand still. Movements don't make impacts overnight. They must have fighters who are willing to battle for the long haul. 
The Montgomery bus boycott lasted for two years. The lunch counter sit-ins lasted for almost that long. Dr. Martin Luther King gave the I Have a Dream speech in 1963, and when he died in 1968, the civil rights movement wasn't even over. Cancer research began decades ago, and while we have gained headway, we still don't have a cure. Brown versus Board of Education was handed down by the Supreme Court in 1954 and should have ended segregation and inequality in education. But here we are in 2020, still looking at schools in the same county that are vastly unequal. One school costs millions of dollars while the other school is overdue for a rebuild. Movements transcend moments, and we can't be so caught up in the moment that we miss the message. Discover who you are in God and in the world. Find some courage to be that person. Gain the strength that you need to then make a difference for the people around you. Everyone won't be Tina Turner performing for thousands of people around the world. You could be just like me performing in your living room. Everyone won't be Esther freeing her people from bondage. But everyone can be like Celie and recognize that he or she is here. Because when you acknowledge your presence, you can access your power. Are you ready to be great? Thanks so much for tuning in to this very first episode of Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations. It was so great talking to you today. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, and you can catch me here next week, same day, same time. Also, I would love to connect with you via social media. And I'd also like to say a quick prayer for you. God, protect the people in my army today because ultimately they are fighting your battle. It was great speaking with you today. Bye.